Hi there, I'm Dan, and welcome, or welcome back, maybe, to the Shaw Vineyard Church Podcast. Hey, at the end of this episode, please take just a moment to subscribe in iTunes or in your podcast app of choice. That way, you can get every message from our church straight away on whatever device best suits you. You know, it's our hope that the message that you're about to hear in this episode would encourage you to take your best next step in your faith journey. So let's get straight into it. So God, we want to open our hearts to the idea that your plan is is yet unfolding in our lives. We may have seen little aspects of it and even big things, but Lord, we just pay attention to it and ask that you'd lead us um, as we consider this. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, when you talk about God's plan for your life, and in this case, his unfolding plan for your life, I always or often go back to a scripture in Numbers, which says, and it's quite a long passage in Numbers 9, but it says, it's summarized at the end, that whether the clouds stayed over the tabernacle for two days or a month or a year, the Israelites would remain in camp and not set out. But when it lifted, they would set out. At the Lord's command, they encamped, and at the Lord's command, they set out. They obeyed the Lord's order. I mean, thinking about church life, and one of the great things about a church is that it's a place where a whole lot of people get together and and get to something, uh, have something of a choice of journeying together as God outworks their individual plans for their lives. Um, and and as we intersect, and when we're at our best. We get to strengthen each other in those plans and we get to walk ahead together and we get to um, sort of uh, rub off with each other. And it's just a wonderful thing as we do that. And then together, that makes a plan for the church as we walk forward. And so we operate in our own plan, maybe our family's plan and also a church plan for our lives. It's quite an amazing thing thing when um, when it takes place. Um, and so we at the moment in church, we have some significant things that are happening in some people's lives within our church where God is unfolding some new things in their lives. And I want to spend the um, beginning of my message just interviewing them for a little bit um, and um, to let you know some of the amazing things that are taking place. So I want to begin with Janelle, um, who's, uh, who's been working with us on our staff for about the last four years as children's pastor and more recently as executive pastor, um, but has something else that's just cropped up in her life. So yes, tell us talk about, about God's that. unfolding plan. God's Very unfolding plan. Somewhat unexpectedly, but, um, but not surprisingly. So I did have a career before children and before church, as important as those things are. Um, and I was one of those people who... Um, I think is uncommon, who said, I really love my job and and found that at at an early age, it was like something that really, this is me. Um, And so uh, recently I got offered a full-time role as a strategic advisor for Auckland Council and um, through a bit of a process because I don't really want to leave this role here, um, but I do feel like God really just opened the door wide for me and felt a sense of peace of stepping into that as much as I feel also a bit of grief of stepping out of this and not being able to tell you all what to do anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. 
So that's that's what I'm so doing. You're not going to be te- you're not going to be telling me what to do. I mean, anymore, I, so I, that, now I can just complain, right? So. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, but still very much part of Shawvenia. Very much. Yeah. I am just fully invested. If you know, working with the staff and the team, I'm just excited. I love Shaw Vineyard. I love what we're doing, and so uh, along with Mike and my kids and stuff, we are just fully invested. And I said it this morning, but we're going to be the best volunteers there ever was. The best volunteers. You said it twice. We got on tape. Yep. Uh, oh, we recorded it twice. I reckon that's going to be an important thing for you to do. And so, I mean, there is a sense of, you know, um, this is a a big step, but a sense of this taps into who and what you are, it sounds like. Yeah, and, you know, I just, I think that that's been helped by my experience at church because I've been able to be even more of who I am. So, and and I've got you to thank for that and um, just kind of developing me and getting behind me. And, yeah, I mean, I won't have the, the prayer meetings and things that we have probably in this workplace that'll be you know, my little lunch break or whatever. But, um, yeah, so I feel like I've been even more equipped to step into something else and and be somewhat of an influence in a secular workplace. And so specifically at the Auckland Council, it's a t- the 2050 plan? Yeah, so um, council sets out a vision like any organisation, except this is for the entire city, and yeah. uh, I have to try and make... Um, lots of people happy with limited resources. So, uh, I just think yeah. it's hilarious that Janelle thinks that working here might have prepared her for that. Yeah, so well, make you all happy with limited resources. It's <laughs> impossible. Right. So we're going to really miss her, um, you know, kind of her contribution, you know, mainly um, for years, you know, Janelle and Mike and their kids have been part of our morning congregation. More recently, a lot part of, you know, a significant part of our evening congregation, obviously our worship and all of those sorts of things. So as a church, we're going to miss her um, and and going to miss the input that she has. But we still perhaps or probably get to have the best of her as a volunteer and and to be part of something new that's happening. So we want to bless you and we want to recognise you as we did a little this morning at least, you know, for the fantastic contribution that you do make, will make, but certainly that you have made. Um, and, um, you know, in one sense we're the poorer for it, but in another sense we, we, we release you with, with glad and joyous hearts because we, we know who you are and we know the sort of input that you can have into a place like this. And so God bless you in that. Thank you. Oh. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. That's Janelle, if you haven't met her before. And then I want to introduce you to Fraser. Fraser is part of our evening congregation. So if you're part of our evening congregation or, or have been over the last little while, you'll probably know him. So um, come up, Fraser, and uh, and, and you've got hide. seemingly God's plan unfolding in your life as well. So tell me, tell us just what is up for you. Um, so most of you guys know, well, not people that are new won't, but um, I was actually, last year I got really sick. And I was sick for about seven months, um, but I just got this calling on my heart maybe like a month or two months ago um, to get more involved in church and, and serve here. And um, so I was kind of like, God, what are you talking about? Like, I'm sick. I can barely even do the vacuuming. But I, I chatted to Vic, and then he was like, why don't you do this internship thing? And so I'm going to be doing the diploma in Christian leadership through the Shaw Vineyard. Uh, the, not the Shaw Vineyard, the... Vineyard College. Vineyard College, yep. Yeah. Well, too many vineyards. If you go to the block course, everyone's like, I'm from this vineyard, I'm from this vineyard. Oh, good, too many. Anyway, um, and so I'll be doing that, and through, like, God's been preparing me for that and actually healing me to the point where, like, a, maybe, like, 
10% as sick as what I used to be. So wow. it's a huge difference. That's amazing. Um, and I was just thinking, even when we're doing Joys and Concerns, I remember you sharing some of your story and we've prayed for you literally mm. in that slot that Julianne was praying today. Yes, yeah, so if you've been around, amazing. you've seen the whole story. It's amazing, <laughs> yes. I mean, and you've shared it very willingly with it. So I'm kind of fascinated. You, you would be part of on a Sunday, sort of helping out, you know, kind of putting together the services? So um, I'll be here evening from the setup um, to the cleanup. And then I'm also going to be here most of the week, every day except Wednesday. So and I'm um, studying and doing stuff during yeah, the week. Yeah, so studying the obviously through the diploma, and then we haven't quite figured out everything. My sound. <laughs> just um, just hold it closer to the top. It's sort of a bit of an odd thing. So. Um, it's all I would have thought you'd know how to handle the mics by now, but we'll have to. That'll we'll be figured out the mics yet. So. But yeah. no, I think my, my wife's in the back corner there, so she's probably <laughs> she's, she's probably yeah, telling yeah, yeah. the uh, sound guest person to, to muck around. Oh, that's with it. fantastic! And um, you're a mainly music star now, I hear. Yes, I am the official fifth wiggle. <laughs> I am the blue wiggle. <laughs> I wasn't sure how much I'd enjoy it, but apparently, yeah. I only made two kids cry, so hopefully I can get that down. And then <laughs> That's a really great effort. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the phrase is going to be sort of very, I mean, as he is already in terms of our evening congregation, but very much a part of sort of developing and growing um, us as a congregation. So welcome aboard. It's lovely to have you here. Thanks for having me, team. Oh, very good. Let's give him a hand, eh? And then we have Briar and Rupert. Why don't you guys come up together? I, I just think because you're a couple, it's appropriate that you come up together. Briar and Rupert have been married. I, I told them this morning how long they've been married. How long have you been married again? We found out it was four weeks this four morning. Four weeks. <laughs> oh, isn't that fantastic? So a month. Just, the night after your wedding, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they we have been to church since their wedding, but maybe this we is the first time. Or oh, the, the week, week after, after, was it? Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, it seemed like the night after. It was sort of just, just in a blur. So, so um, you guys also are going to be part of our team and on our stuff. Um, Briar... Why don't we start with you? Kind of, what are you going to bring to the team? What are you going to bring to the table? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I am going to be moving more into a communi communication. A couple of jokes, yeah. <laughs> Communications role, so I'm um, kind of helping with the more creative side of things, like the posters and the slideshows, and just kind of bringing in that kind of more. I don't know, just like what I'm good at, I guess. Yeah, that, that, that more um, creative and artistic feel to it. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, I don't yeah. want to say, I think everybody's creative in their own way. Right, yeah, yeah. But um, I'm well, definitely I'm better. I, I know that I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I already bow to your greater ability in this area. So yeah. there you go. So, yeah. so you t tell us what you're doing apart from working here. Um, so I am in my fourth year of graphic design. Okay. Um, and I'm also doing some other, uh, like I do a lot of freelance work, so I do some communication stuff on the side as well. Um, I could go into it, but. Yeah, yeah. Be, no, but jargon. it's fantastic. And you have been part of doing some of our, um, I, I don't know, presentation, our, our artwork posters and stuff. Yeah, already. I've done yeah. a couple of posters in the past. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's some of them are on the wall. You can probably see which ones are mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, whether or not you we'll hate see. them <laughs> more, I, I don't know. But we'll, we'll yeah. see. So, <laughs> so, you know, kind you of can be the judge. How you look and feel and um, sort of, you know, the whole um, social media and, and all of those sorts of things, yeah. the areas of strength of Briar. And, and so we'll be able to develop even more than what we do already, which is fantastic. So. Yeah, which is really exciting. I'm yeah. really looking forward to getting on board with that yeah. and just being around more, even yeah. more than I already am. It is so good. They, these guys both came at 4 o'clock today looking as though they needed to be here and it's like you don't have to be here they're so keen <laughs> I just, just I just sit in the corner fantastic. just like trying to look <laughs> like I was doing something and this is Ru is it well who is this 
This is my husband. This is my husband. Oh, and his name's Richard. This is my wife. <laughs> and so, so what are you going to be doing with it? Um, I'm going to be stepping into the youth pastoring role. Yeah, um, this is our new youth pastor, yeah. which is a pretty important. So thing. I've got the I've got the earrings and stuff, so I can be the cool. Hip, yeah, yeah, hip yeah. Youth pastor. So we sent him out. Uh, that's this the criteria, morning. apparently. We did this interview this morning. We sent him out. There's only instructions were to be cool. So were yeah. you cool? Uh, well, they didn't run out, so okay, that's all right. So that's a good I think start. We, okay. that's we brought a... snacks, so donuts and cookies. Apparently, that oh, there you go. keeps the kids occupied. It's amazing what you can do. So, just tell us a bit about your background, particularly in youth. Yeah, um, particularly in youth. Uh, growing up in the church, I've done a, a range of kind of youth worky kind of stuff um, in various churches. Growing up, and then professionally, when I was in the navy, I worked in the youth development unit, and so we kind of ran programs for for young youth kind of going into employment and so I've had a little bit of experience there and then that led me on to studying social work which I didn't really think would lead me here but then as God often does the timing just worked out and things kind of cross it cross over and yeah that's going to be quite interesting and exciting to see how I can bring those two worlds together and how I can take some of those theories that you learn about and actually put them into practice and I don't know, create something new potentially or yeah. just see kind of where it goes. It certainly seems like God's unfolding plan for you and for Briar sort of mm. at this, you know, kind of fantastic moment yeah. of your life, isn't it? So mm. Definitely. Just as we got got married and kind of having to think about new directions and then all of a sudden the role came right at that, literally yeah. the week that we both, both kind of needed to go in a new direction. I was like, oh, yeah. there it is. Isn't it fantastic? So Briar and Rupert, and um, they're just going to be fantastic. So let's give them a hand as well. So God bless you on that. Isn't that great? Um, we're also going to have another change that's coming, and so it's going to be a, a little bit, um, a little bit longer in the coming. But Calvin, who's at the back, was on the drums today. If you don't know him, certainly if you've been part of Shaw Vineyard for any time, you will know him. Um, he's been on our staff for about, I think, about ten years uh, as youth pastor, as assistant pastor, and now as associate pastor. Um, and come next year, Cal's going to be um, focusing on his role. At the moment, he has a split role between here and parachute music, um, where he's involved in pastoral care and chaplaincy and. Uh, encouraging um, the life of musicians as they as they grow and develop. Um, he's also going to be doing a master's in leadership at Auckland University, and so he's not going to be able to work for us because he's he's obviously specialising somewhat in those areas. So come from the start of next year, we'll still see him and Georgia as part of our congregation, as part of Shaw Vineyard, um, and he'll tell a story sort of as the year goes by. So nothing happens in particular, and it has been. And you know we've been you know talking about this. Calvin and I and, and, and been thoughtful about this probably over the last year or so as to sort of, you know, so where is God leading? And um, so, you know, that will be very, um, you know, kind of a big change for him, big change for us, but an exciting thing nevertheless. And so I really encourage you to be prayerful for um, all of the guys that we've interviewed uh, um, up here tonight um, and just for this time for us as a church where we're in quite a, quite a state of change, transition along the way. And so we'll share a little bit more about that as I get into my message, but such an important time and a, and a really significant time for us to be praying. Um, the last thing I just want to say in relation to that is that as a result of some of the changes that are um, taking place as we, as we you know, kind of in this season, um, we'll be from tomorrow or from this week, we'll be a, a, a advertising for um, a new full-time associate pastor. So we're looking to, you know, obviously replace some of the, um, I don't know, the depth and experience that we're losing. 
Um, and so we will be advertising fairly widely in that, you know, through the various channels. And would love you to be praying about that. Would love you to be, um, I don't know, uh, I have uh, a job description here. I mean, you might even want to take one for yourself. Or you might know of somebody um, who you just know that this person just sounds like they are the right person for a job like that. And if that's the case, that's great. You'll see it on social media and stuff um, over the next couple of days, so you don't need to take a hard copy, but it is there if you would like to. So lots more about that as we go, but how significant and important it's going to be. And it reminds you, I guess, you know, in the context of where we're at for tonight as we talk about God's unfolding plan, it reminds you how dynamic and, I guess, evolutionary life is, you know, and and along with that, with us all leading our unfolding lives, how dynamic and evolutionary church life is. It's a, it's a really incredible thing. And I guess it's always been like that since way back when in Genesis 12, in Abra- uh, God said to Abraham, you know, I want you to uh, leave your country, your people, your father's house, and go to the land that I will show you. And the blessing was, I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you. And there's this sense that God's put adventure on our hearts and an unfolding plan on our hearts ever since then, or maybe even before then, I guess. Um, And so today what I want to do, I want to sort of, you know, touch two bases. I want to speak to us as a church, and I also want to speak to us as individuals, as we are inevitably, as many people as are here tonight, are having the plan of God unfolding in their life, whether we're aware of it or not, or whether we sort of um, are are really, you know, kind of, you know, we just know that today is a, this is a big thing that's happening at the moment. You know, God is in the process of doing it. So talking as individuals, talking also to us as a church. Now, if you're new or relatively new at Shaw Vineyard, you will have had a little speech from me at one stage, probably over the last couple of years, just about everybody who's been new in the church. I've managed to corner them at snack time afterwards or um, at their house or had coffee with them or at a new people's event, a get to know us event. And roughly here is my speech at the moment. It feels like it's a really good time to be a new person at Shaw Vineyard. Um, Because when you're new, you just look around and it's like, well, everybody knows everybody and I'm just completely new. But because of the journey of our church, God's unfolding plan of our church, actually, although we're a church that's nearly 30 years old, we are a a church that has been an incredible state of change over the last, say, four, five, six years. Because in that time, we've moved from being, you know, kind of a church that popped up in a school hall into this great building. In that time, we've planted out two churches up at the Hibiscus Coast and over in Central Auckland and and we've had so we've had lots of people that we've sent out and in the meantime God has brought together you know kind of the church you know kind of here meeting here in Forest Hill back into a whole new form and it just feels like a place that you could look at and think oh well it's all established and you know kind of all the decisions have been made or whatever but it actually is not like that hasn't been like that and I don't think it is like this um, and, and it just feels like along with that that we're a church in good space, you know, kind of our evening congregation. I mean, you know, it's, it's not a large congregation, but it's doubled in size this year because, because we're enjoying being together. Um, our morning congregation is, you know, kind of regularly, you know, as many as these walls can take and then a few more. And so it's a good time. We're financially really strong um, and we've done a fantastic thing, uh, you know, to, kind of in being in here and our people have been generous and we've been able to 
pay the rent and all of those sorts of things. And so it's a good time in that sense. This great buy-in, you know, we've got, we've got people who arrive from our morning congregation, Nathan and Anne, been with us for about eight months, started our Alpha group this, this week. You know, it's sort of like the people are buying in, ripping and bribe, so have only been part of our church maybe two or three years. And, and, and they're taking on a role like that. Fraser and his wife, we should have introduced that, is Becca in the back corner, and she's fantastic. Um, you know, kind of have got significantly involved really quickly. And lots of other people have been around longer and, and, and shorter times sort of putting their hands up and being, you know, kind of a significant part of what we're doing here as a church. And so we're in changing times as a church, as many of us are in changing times as individuals, but good times as God's plan unfolds. And I, I kind of look around me at times like this, and it's like, man, I'm the old guy. Man, I've been here a long time. Old in age, probably, but I've been here 27 years, and I, I'm sort of so excited about what God's doing in this place. And I'm so excited about the opportunities that God brings to us as we get into a time that is, you know, sort of in a, in a different phase and a new season. If you're, if you're an Enneagram junkie, um, which Fran, my wife, is, and I therefore am a little bit, I'm an Enneagram one, which is a reformer, which means, you know, it's good for me to be um, seeing change and developing change and growing and change. And so I love this time that we're in. But I wanted to spend some time tonight just talking about how we negotiate this God's unfolding plan. And it'll be applicable to us as a church, but some certainly my main aim from here on in is to be talking to us as we watch God's unfolding plan for our own lives. And I've just got some points that I'd like to take you through and some reflections that I'd like to take you in. And then I want to lead you towards a time where we'll have communion together, which seems like a great opportunity to connect well with God's plan for our lives. And then we'll kind of wind up soon after that and we'll baptize Steve and, and what a great night it will have been. So God's unfolding plan. I think, you know, one of the things that we need to be aware of is, is when it happens, the importance of embracing it. And I, I don't know about you, but I, I you know, d despite what I say about being a reformer, I can also be really habit-driven, habit you know, sort of thing. And so it's like, you know, kind of I don't want to be broken out sometimes of the things I do. And yet the biblical um, account seems to be always that God is leading us forward. God is leading us into new things. So we read about the tent and, the, and, and, and opening the flap and looking out and, oh, the cloud's there or the cloud's not there. We need to stay. We need to go. That was sort of a, a reality for them. Well, the whole story of the children of Israel is one that goes from um, slavery to, to wilderness um, to uh, blessing, if you like, you know, from Egypt into the desert into the promised land. And so there is this sense of journey that God is doing with us. Um, in the book of Acts, we've just come off a series recently that we call Transmission, where we looked at Paul's missionary journeys. And in the book of uh, Acts, it talks in, in Acts chapter 20 about Paul saying goodbye to the Ephesian church. And what a heart-rending place it was from verse 36 to 38 of, of chapter 20. When Paul had finished speaking, he knelt down with all of them and prayed. They all wept as they embraced him and kissed him. What grieved them most was a statement that they would never see his face again. And of course, he went off to Rome and he was uh, martyred for his, for his faith. You know, he would go on to do that. But embracing this thing of what God's doing and stirring. Um, one of the things I love about 
church life is church history. And this week I've been lucky enough, Fraser's been down with us at the Vineyard College Block course, and, and I've been teaching church history to our certificate students down there. And, and sort of my master's study about, four, about 10 years ago was, a bit, was about half on church history. And so, so I've done a lot of reading of church history, and I just love it to bits. And um, there's one guy, this is my favorite guy in the history of the church, and his name is Athanasius. And Athanasius was um, in the fifth and fourth and fifth centuries, um, and he was the bishop of Alexandria in Egypt. And there's a whole long story to that. But Athanasius, single-handedly, pretty well single-handedly, led by the Spirit of God, obviously, and all of that, single-handedly um, contended for the orthodoxy of our faith. And so the story of Athanasius is that he faced down the Roman emperor, emperor Constantine, and he faced down the heretic Arius over an aspect of who was Jesus. There was a great debate in the fourth century, in the 300s of the church, of this whole idea of you know um, uh, whether Jesus was was fully God or, or fully. And so they made a decision at the Council of Nicaea in 325 that he was fully God. Um, but Arius was contending, and Constantine, you know, brought incredible political pressure into the thing. And it ended up was they just wanted to change it that Jesus is like God but not really God, but not fully God. And so there was this whole sense of the whole, you know, kind of our understanding of all of the songs that we've ever sung or, or all of the sermons that we've ever preached was in the hands of Athanasius. And he suffered for what was right. And so in 45 years, he was, in, he was exiled uh, for 17 of those years, five separate times. He had to go into hiding or he was persecuted or tortured. Um, and, but in the end, he won. And we stand on the, on the shoulders of a giant like Athanasius as we come through today into, into where we are. And so as God's plan unfolds, we get to know and to be encouraged about the embracing of his plan. You know, sometimes we're called to stand up. Sometimes we're called to stay silent. Sometimes we're called to move. Sometimes we're called to stay. Sometimes we're called, you know, to, to address an issue in our life. But it's a, it's a magnificent thing that God invites us to do. And it's an invitation to us, I think, as a church at this time and a church in a, a season that's changing, but also as individuals whose season may be changing at the moment or indeed, you know, kind of maybe a season that's already well established. Um, there's a, a great writer and thinker of the last um, 50 years, a guy called Eugene Peterson, um, and um, he wrote the message version. It's sort of most people will have seen that at some stage. But early on, 40 years ago, it's just been re-released just because he died recently. Um, he wrote a book called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. And Peterson says in that it's so key to remember that following Jesus is a lifestyle on the move. We don't stop to admire what we've accomplished. Rather, we press on to what lies ahead. And this is Eugene Peterson, who's probably most famous for his book, The Contemplative Pastor. And so there is this, there is this thing about Peterson saying, but, you know, kind of although I'm going to stop and although I'm going to discover God, there is this sense of him moving on uh, and moving us on into the things that he wants us to do from here. And I think it's a, it's a great challenge and a great inspiration to us for that to, for that to take place. So, so I think it's really important that we embrace it. I also think that, you know, times of change or when, when God's plan is unfolding in our lives, it's a great opportunity for us to check our compass, to check where we're heading, to check whether the things that we've always held true are still holding true to us. Because when we're sort of, you know, just, just boxing along, just more or less okay, 
Um, it's easy just to forget the things that are most dear to us. And so I, I, I love, again, um, Peterson says in the same book, in, in Long Obedience in the Same Direction, he says, will we let God be as he is, majestic and holy, vast and wondrous, or will we always be trying to whittle him down to the size of our small minds, insist on confining him within the small boundaries we're comfortable with, refuse to think of him other than in images that are convenient to our lifestyle. That is blasphemous chumminess. Oh, that was hard to say. Blasphemous chumminess. The sense, you know, kind of as, as God is leading us and guiding us. And what is our true north? And what are the important things that we're going to, I don't know, that we're going to go into exile for 17 years over our time as in a particular thing that we're willing to go all of the way for. And for me, I, I just know that, you know, maybe in the first year of my Christian life, which was an awfully long time ago now, in a sense, I had this verse that was, was given to me, Matthew 6.33, or which I read, or not even sure how I got it, but, but to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added from there. And it's like it's become my north pointing point on the compass. It's the thing that I often go back to, the thing that I would be sense myself challenged by if I feel like I've sort of erred and strayed for that. And so in God's unfolding plan, I think it's our opportunity to check our compass. It's our opportunity to say, have we got a compass? Have we got um, something that we want our lives to be known for, want us to, to be, you know, kind of remembered for and remembered by? Um, I think thirdly, um, it's a time when God's plan is unfolding for us to pray and press in. And um, sometimes, sometimes God moves really quickly. It's actually hard to pray and press in, it feels. And yet it's so important that we do it. Sometimes, you know, we're reluctant and so we're, we're perhaps reluctant to pray and press in along the way. But as God's plan unfolds, it is our invitation to pray. It's our invitation to listen anew to His voice. As God's plan unfolds, the great promise, I think, that He gives us is that we can anticipate a new encounter is coming. A new encounter with what? A new encounter with His goodness, with His provision, with His inspiration, with His direction. You know, God is inviting us forward. You know, His plan may be hard sometimes, but it is never for our detriment. It is never, it is never against us. It's always for us. But it's an opportunity for us to pray and press in. So again, Peterson says in a long obedience in the same direction that hope, hoping, you know, kind of the biblical hope, means going about our assigned tasks confident that God will provide the meaning and the conclusions. It is the opposite of desperate and panicky manipulations of scurrying and worrying. And aren't we like that sometimes? And hope, he says, hoping means a confident, alert expectation that God will do what he said he will do. It is imagination to put in the harness of faith. It is a willingness to let God do it his way and in his time. I think that's a, a great inspiration. And, and, and finally, you know, I think in, through, in and through all of these things, there is the invitation as God's plan unfolds for us to trust God. And sometimes we will only hold on by our fingernails in trust of God because things are dire or things are difficult. And probably we've all been through that. I can imagine Athanasius, you know, kind of when, when he goes into his third exile or into his fourth exile or into his fifth exile, when will it ever end, Lord? And there's the sense of, you know, sometimes it's like it's just overwhelming and sometimes we can only just hold on and trust and know that he is good and maybe there'll be even some people here tonight for whom that is a word to you and, and I think God tenderly would say not because of you know kind of my um, you know kind of clumsy clumsy ability to pull something together but but tenderly he would say trust me 
Trust me. You know, I have your best interests at heart. One of the other people in church history that I really love is a lady called Julian, which seems kind of hard to believe, but her name is Julian of Norwich, and there are various reasons that she's called that from history. She's from the 14th and 15th centuries. And she, um, she is the, uh, the first, uh, per, first woman uh, writer of literature in the history of the English language that we still have. Her first book was called, I think I wrote it down, I think I wrote it down. Julian, where are you? Julian, where are you? I can't find it anymore. Julian, ah, yes, um, is Reflections of Divine Love. And it was all of these visions that God gave her when she was in the church at Norwich, Norwich in England, and um, God gave her these words that she wrote down and have been encouraging to the church ever since in all those times. And probably her most famous phrase, which um, my wife is bound to have said at some stage, and I may well have said somewhere along the, wi- the line, is this, that she felt that she heard from God and that she wanted to communicate. And down through the centuries, because we're church history people, we are able to be encouraged that all shall be well, and all shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well. And when you look at that, well, you think, well, it's a little bit repetitive, and you think, you know, kind of what did she know about living the modern life and difficult life maybe that we live? Well, Julian of Norwich, she, um, she uh, lived through two plagues which wiped out most of her city. And, um, and history suggests at least, and we're not exactly sure of this, but history suggests it also wiped out her own family, her husband and family, that she was um, married with a family. And she ended up after that. And sort of from an extremity like that, she heard the voice of God, which somehow resonates whenever you say it, it's been set to song and various things, is that all shall be well, and all shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well. How fantastic it is to be called by God and to be known by God um, in this time. And so for us as a church, God's plan is unfolding, which is, a, which is a great place to be. And we will see it unfold before us over the next you know, few months, I suppose, in a way. Um, we'll commission Rupert as our youth pastor at some stage over the next little while. And we'll, we'll bless and thank DG, who many of you will know, Dan Goodwin, who's been our youth pastor for the last four or five years. We will be commissioning, we would trust, a new associate pastor who, I don't know, maybe we know them already, but probably we don't know them already. And we're trusting God that this will be, you know, kind of a, a divinely led thing. And we will be saying goodbye in one sense and thanking people like Calvin and Janelle um, for the great work that they've done. That's something of our journey. And you will be in a journey of some sort in some way as well. And we can experience some of those same things that God will be with us through those times. Um, I have this sort of small picture of, of an ideal or an idea, I guess, that I would love to think that we were going to see outworked and, 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 to, and, to, and to, I don't know, come into being over time. And the picture goes something like this, that the church that has been so blessed by Calvin and Janelle and many others, you know, including you guys, but those guys as, as pastors and leaders and people who are regularly up front, have to, so blessed in a sense in creating an environment from which we can all flourish and grow and develop and go into our workplaces and go into our families and go into our unis and those sorts of things that would also become, all still with them, but also become this church that can be such a 
blessing for them as they're working with the Auckland Council and, you know, the, the vast complexities that that would bring into Janelle's working life and with Calvin and, and with working with people and working with young people and developing and growing as a leader, that we would be a church that could be that not just for them but now for them and for all of us that we could see those things. Wouldn't that be a great thing to see our individual strands of, of, of God's leading, unfolding leading intertwine along the way? I just think that would be magnificent. And so as we come to a conclusion today, um, I want to I introduce us to the communion elements and I want us together to, um, to, to receive communion tonight. And I thought as we did that, I'd, I'd love to read you just from the book of Hebrews, um, going back to the story of Abraham, which we touched on right at the beginning. And Abraham um, gets a, the sense that, you know, kind of long after he lived, there was some perspective able to be put into the great things he did and maybe even the not so great things he did. And it says this in Hebrews 11, that by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. I wonder, you know, even tonight, there might be people who don't know where they're going. But what an amazing thing for us to invite um, God to be with us, just like Abraham did. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise, builder as God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. The invitation of God's unfolding plan and the ability to see the other end of it, which is difficult for us sometimes, but from a God perspective and even from a historical perspective, we can be encouraged by and inspired by. So I'd love you to ask you to stand if you would with me. And I'm going to pray in a minute and I'm going to invite you towards these points of the night. And so, you know, kind of as a, as a people for whom God's plan is unfolding, for, for whom God's plan is a significant part, I just want to encourage you to, to think about, you know, what God's doing in your life right at the moment. And you, and you may, you know, you may just be able to pinpoint it immediately. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. Or I've just had a thought. Or it may be something more generic. It doesn't matter either way. But I want you to just think about embracing what God's doing in your life. And I, I think that's a beautiful thing that we walk towards the communion table and in a sense our lives intersect, you know, kind of we, we come out from our seats and we have to wait in line and we kind of maybe, maybe um, you know, jostle slightly and, and, and kick each other's ankles or something like that as we go or we keep, meet each other's eyes and smile or something like that and we recognize and, and together in a sense we take that journey and we embrace something of what God's doing. Or checking your compass, you know, what a great place the, the communion table to check your compass to check who and what you are to check where you're going to be and to check the things that God is doing in your life or or to press in and pray to 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 say you know kind of God I, I just don't want to leave it here tonight you know you know maybe I'll come back next week and maybe I won't 
but I want to press in and I want to, I want to really maximize the thing that you're wanting to do in my life. And then finally, and I, I don't mean it as the last backstop or anything like that, but sometimes we just have to say, I can't do this apart from trusting you, God. And so I want to be there. There's, there's healing in the table. There's, there is inspiration in the table. Um, there is invitation in the table. And so let me just pray and we'll just leave a few moments of silence for us to ponder and prepare our hearts. And then I'm just going to invite you to come and have communion together. And, and then at the end of the service, I'm going to ask Makarita to come up. And she's one of our Shaw Vineyard board members. And, and um, I've just asked her to pray because this is a significant time for us as a church. And just briefly, she's just going to close by praying for us as a congregation as we enter this new season of God's unfolding plan. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your plan. For us as Shaw Vineyard, you know, which we've seen if we're a visitor just over tonight, if we've been here for a long time, maybe over decades. <clears throat> and we thank you that we've proven you faithful. You've proven yourself faithful, but we've experienced it. And Lord, we thank you for your plan for each of our lives. Yeah, and, and for your specific plan that we've shared tonight for, for Janelle and for Calvin, for Fraser, for Rupert, for Briar, but also multiplied many times with those who are here tonight and, and, and even for our children out with Matt tonight. We thank you for the plan that would unfold. And we just, we just put it before you, whether we know it in detail or whether we're, we're just slightly hazy or, or, or majorly hazy over it. And Lord, we embrace it. And Lord, we just take a moment to check our compass. And we press in and we pray for what you want for our lives, Lord. And we trust you, Lord, that all shall be well. And all shall be well and all manner of things shall be well. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. And if you're in the Forest Hill or the Bays area of Auckland's North Shore, we would so love to have you at our next service this Sunday. You can get details on service times and more info on our kids and student environments by visiting svc.org.nz. That's svc.org.nz. Hope you have a great day and we'll see you next time here on the podcast. 